Hello, welcome to another Dr. Foot podcast with your host, Abid Hussain. Now, I am not going to be speaking about podiatry. As you can see from the title, I am going to be speaking about three Ds. The three Ds are the disenfranchised, the disengaged and the disadvantaged. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because of George, because of George Floyd and what his life and death has meant, not just for America, but for the UK. And how systemic racism is ingrained within Western culture. And it's something that we do not talk about enough. And I think we are ch- that is changing now. I have spoken about racism before uh, and the experiences I've had within podiatry, which have been shocking, absolutely shocking. Um, within working within podiatry, I have I went to a CPD course once. It's just come to my mind now for uh, Veruca needling, um, which is an effective treatment option. It's two two podiatrists, actually one podiatrist and one podiatric surgeon there. The podiatric surgeon made such an offensive racist remark that I was shaking all the way back to Birmingham because this was outside Birmingham. And I wrote a letter to the HCPC, which was our governing body. And I was about to post it to complain until one of my friends took me to one side and said, look, stop. But people think that if you are a professional, you're not going to experience racism. That's absolutely not true. But back to the larger picture at hand. Now, with a knee to his neck and head against that concrete fl- um, concrete road, George Floyd's face has become the reason, the reason for one of the largest uprising, not just in American history, but the whole world. All over the world there's been marches. Now, I can't really talk about the USA apart from being an observer but the USA has got a very long history of very poor treatment towards Afro-Caribbean citizens but the UK also has not got off <laughs> scot-free we have treated brown and black people in this country terribly absolutely terribly they, I mean, I I grew up in the ends, all right? So I grew up in the ends. I grew up around people that were dealing drugs. I grew up around parents that could just about feed us and clothe us. I grew up and I went to a primary school where half of the people that I knew ended up doing some time at the Majesty's Pleasure I saw my first stabbing when I was, I think I was 12 years old. I grew up around violence and I grew up around black and brown violence. And it was all internal. It was only when I got to university I realised there's a different world out there. It was a proper culture shock. But there was these dynamics happening within the black and Asian community that for decades, I thought it's our own fault. And then until you peel back the systemic racism and you realise that 
there's something much larger at play. Like for instance, our our comprehensive schools in our areas had such low expectations from us. The teachers didn't even try most of the time. It was only when Ofsted came in well after I left that they actually they actually started to try. Um, but it's still it's still the case. When I go back to my ends, which is Spot Brook in Birmingham, um, and I speak to the youth because I'm constantly trying to encourage them to, to go into further education and I'm doing workshops, it's the same conversations that I was happening that I was having when I was their age. And it's heartbreaking to see that. So in the middle of a pandemic, why have black and Asian people and white people, which has made a change for this current uprising, come out and marched and and taken a stand because, because they are sick of police brutality. They're sick of being disenfranchised. They don't want to be disengaged anymore. They don't want to be disadvantaged. Those three Ds, they are fighting. And it's a systemic, systemic cause. It's not just the police, but the police has got a lot to account for. In this country, I have been stopped and searched more times than I can remember when I was young. In Birmingham, I was stopped and searched so many times. When I was in my early 20s and I got my first job as a podiatrist, I bought a really shiny black BMW. Oh, it was beautiful. Do you know how many times I got stopped and searched in that black BMW? Um, been slapped over our heads. We've been, you're more likely to get stopped if you're black and brown in this country than if you are white. You are more likely to die from violence if you are black and Asian. Now, that is, that may be due to gang violence within the communities, but there is systemic reasons for that. And it's not because of the color of their skin. It's not their blackness, but rather it's deeper socioeconomic reasons for that. Um, I am, I'm, I'm all for what's happening around the world. I'm all for Black Lives Matter. And I think it's, I think this is well overdue. It's a shame it's happening in the middle of a pandemic. Otherwise, there would be a lot more people out there. There's still a lot of people that are worried. But um, black people in the UK experience a much higher unemployment rate. They have larger wage gaps. They have lower median household incomes and higher poverty rates. All these things that keep them from being able to weather the storm of a pandemic. So when a pandemic occurs, the black and Asian community gets hit the hardest. Why do you think in this country so many black and Asians have passed away from COVID-19? Is it because we're more at risk or is it because we are working the jobs that a lot of people don't want to do? Um, if you go into most most cities in the UK and you find an Asian driver, he's going to be black and Asian. If you go to a takeaway, it's 
typically black or Asian. The petrol stations, you go there, they're black and Asian. The hard graft and these jobs they'll be doing typically are black and Asian. Now, protests are bigger this time. They're much bigger because there's finally more of an understanding that the one that the onus isn't just on black people to to resolve this. We're no longer questioning the existence of oppression. Our communities, black and Asian communities, have been saying for a long time, I cannot breathe, just like George Floyd said. I cannot breathe. And it's just a matter now of other people listening. And in my prayer, my sincere hope is that George Floyd's life and death will resonate with so many people and that he, his life and death will be the catalyst of real change, real change. Um, and I hope within this country, the, the conversations that we've been having around Brexit and go home and the Windrush generation where black and Asian people have been or have felt isolated. They have felt isolated. They have felt, for, for the first time in a long time, I felt that this country that I was brought up in, that I'm proud to call myself British, didn't want me anymore. That happened after Brexit. Just for the comments that I had from well-meaning people, just the comments but and the stories I heard about black and Asian people being spat at, those stories, it doesn't matter. It don't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make and what car you drive or what house you live in. Some people will judge you by the colour of your skin. Everybody needs to change. We all need to change. Thank you for listening.